yeah, I wanted to book you on this uh, show that I do. It's that basement show. There's no mic, no chairs, and unfortunately, this time around, I can't pay you, but there is a buffet. Cops retirement party. I got no room for you to stay in, but there's free drinks. You wouldn't mind uh, hiding out for about a half hour, 45 minutes until the uh, birthday girl gets there, would ya? Wondering if you'd like to do comedy uh, on a boat. Not a very big boat, kind of just like a real boat. Really, it's just a canoe. Let me know if you want to do the gig. All right. Hey, Matt, there thanks he for joining us here, man. I appreciate it. How you been? My pleasure. Ah, things are great. Love <laughs> it. Adulthood. Yeah. We're doing this on election day, uh, and you've got an American flag behind you for the listeners at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, are, are you doing okay over there uh, in, in Venice? Nobody's going to fuck with me, bro. <laughs> I guess that's, that's one of my, you know, that's one of the questions I was thinking about because you're, you know, you run kind of a rowdy show and you look like a, a rough and tumble character. Yeah, there, I'll happily it, be dead. No one's going to fuck with me. <laughs> Has anyone ever fucked with you or they tend to leave you alone? That was going to be my first question. Ah, uh, man, I, I probably look a lot better than I am underneath it all. I just want everybody to, you know, have sandwiches and beers and yeah. ride off into the sunset and whatnot. But uh, it's it's not lost on me that I look like I've been dragged behind a truck through the bushes for 100 miles. And I do let that work to my advantage. Yeah, of course. And at heart, you're just like a, you know, a, a hip, hippie like the rest of us, I guess. Yeah, but you can't trust hippies, you know, like yeah. they got good ideas and then they just sleep in. So, yeah, yeah, they're too high to make yeah. any of it work. It's um, yeah, but uh, yeah, things over here in Venice have been, you know, pretty violent, pretty aggressive. But um, I don't know, is, man. Is that just in general or you mean as, as of late? Uh, in general and lately. Yeah, lately <laughs> it's been. It's been pretty gnarly out here lately, but that's, oh, yeah. I don't, that, yeah, that's not political as much as it is. Um, and all you fucking people saying, you know, oh, California is a democratic state. Look at the condition yeah. it's in. Route 66 has been funneling in the down and out and people that don't want help and uh, all that for, you know, since since Route 66 began well over 100 years ago. If you're yeah. going to be homeless, what are you going to do? Freeze in Chicago? Yeah. Well, the Midwest, or are you going to come out in Venice and, you know, Santa Monica and all that? Why are we talking about this? Nobody knows. Yeah, um, yeah. No, is I was this just... only audio going out? Pretty much, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. As of right now. So no one's going to see my Charles Bukowski pissed hair shirt? That's unfortunate. I was admiring <laughs> that from afar myself. My, uh, my my good friend Hurt Hawks gave me this shirt. Uh, him and his buddy Evan have a a pretty uh, gnarly little setup, and I was like, "Oh, I'll wear the shirt." You know, my fan base is creeping up into the tens, and and uh, yeah, like same here. And shit, you know, yeah, you know. Yeah. So like, if you can plug somebody's something with like their merch, you want to. Well, that. you just did. You know, you can you can plug them again. We'll have an opportunity at the end of the uh, episode. You can plug whatever the hell you want. That's great. This is, your... this is actually 
some of Matt's merch uh, that he makes, hand makes at Vintage Salvage on Instagram. Oh yeah, Gary's right? got a Gary's got a pimped out hat. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea. I meant to ask you that several episodes ago. Gary's got a hat that says Standard. It looks like it's yeah. got some fish on it. It's really cool. I've, I've you've been wearing that now for a month or two, and I I was I should have asked you sooner. You made that, Matt. Yeah. You make some merch. Yeah, basically, I'll just smoke a bunch of PCP and sit on the couch and sew stuff together, and yeah, you know, like. <laughs> watch cnn and right old, you know kirsty alley reruns yeah I, no, no, nothing I, gets the productivity going like the old pcp yeah tell me about it that is something i wondered is if i open you, know, you have can you edit out the uh the noise oh no keep no, it in. It's, it, let's keep it in let's keep it in um i think one of the things that i love about matt's stuff is so unique and cool but I, I wanted to know if when you were on the road or doing gigs out of town, trying to make a little extra scratch, sell this, that, or the other thing, have yeah. you had uh, any strange merch people interactions, things that you're like, oh boy, buddy, you better take the fuck off. Uh, nothing spring into mind, really. I remember one time we were up in, mill valley and i sold half a pizza from the green room to some guy for 30 bucks <laughs> and <laughs> they'd already like thrown it in the trash and everything are we sure everybody everybody cool and beyond that um i don't really bring my own like homemade art if you will uh to uh to the shows as merch really so that half answers that question yeah yeah. yeah, I don't usually um, I don't usually fuck with merch anyway. Are you still so you mentioned you're still doing the Venice Underground shows? Is that is that like uh is it in the same venue? Is it still downstairs inside or are you doing it outside or what's going on there? It's still downstairs inside. Uh every Wednesday I get down mm -hmm. on my knees and I pray and I do a set in my head and we're gonna open up just as soon as we can. So technically, it's uh, it's currently on hiatus. Ah, it's online. Um, yeah, no a hiatus. Oh, okay, you're not in. Yeah, no, it's not happening. Okay. Uh, people have, you know, presented ideas to us right. that uh, I don't know, man. You can't replicate Venice Underground comedy. Of course not. It's like room. It's for those who don't know. If I may, I'll give you like a brief introduction. It's it's. It's in this beautiful theater under a bar. You know, it's actually in a bar because, you know, there's a beautiful bar there. But it's it's every week it's packed with people. You get, you know, it feels like a couple hundred in there. It's like 200 people, 300. I don't even know what the number is, but it's always you get, you get 147. Yeah, about 150 something, 155. Okay. And it's yeah, always interesting. It's always kind of rowdy, has that rowdy feel to it. You always have great shows, top mm. level talent. Uh, you host or or um it's you usually host right or is it... no bronston jones okay. is my partner in crime on that endeavor and yeah he's better at you know remembering people's names and pronouncing yeah. them correctly and i just walk around <laughs> and you know find the requisite douchebag from santa monica or australia <laughs> that's going to sit in yeah. the back and heckle or play tetris on their phone or whatever and and then I escort them to the door. Yeah, so, it's it's exceptional. But if when this shit gets back, you you gotta make it make it out to Venice Underground if you're listening because it's a one of a kind 
really uh, awesome show down there. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. It, it really is. It's a, it's, it's a community effort as well. Yeah. The, the venue management ownership. Yeah. Shit, man. Local bartenders are like, Oh, it's Wednesday. You got to go here and check. Yeah. This yeah. Out. Yeah. It has so that, that feel. That it has that really feel like everyone together. coming together and like people in the community and everyone coming out. You just, you feel like you're getting a slice of this, that part of the city and it's yeah. unique. Yeah. Uh, that said, so I, I mean, I got to ask you some questions. Um, it feels like it has that rowdy atmosphere. It feels always like something can, you know, some crazy things must have happened in there, like at one time or another. Do you got any examples of memorable shows you've had where things no. might have gone awry or things were really? No, none. <laughs> I. I have I mean, one if you don't. I'm All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Gary's fucking, got one at least. I know. Uh, I'm just, I'm just messing with Gary. Let's hear the one that Gary. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I'd like yeah, to hear I Gary's. Got, dude, I got shit piles of shows. I'm sure. That, um, the one, one I want you to, to possibly talk about if you can, is, oh, is no. the night you can't talk about that one we did. <laughs> My birthday. Your birthday. Yeah. No. First of all, we love reluctance here at Death by Comedy. Reluctance, yeah. reluctance is a good thing because that means it's a good story. Let's put it this way: if it wasn't supposed to happen, it did. Yeah. And then, um, who'd, who'd have thought you needed a, a permit and uh, a, a criminal defense attorney? Oh no! To convert a share a show into a uh, basically a, a, a strip act. <sighs> Jesus. And then, I, yeah. I know, I know yeah. you can't go too far into that, but what does kind of collide, and I wondered this, is your show is, is right before the burlesque show, mm -hmm. which has nothing to do with this story that, that we can't talk about. Right. But I wonder, with is there been some sort of interaction between the two shows of comedy versus burlesque like any friction or things that you're like, or other shows that have followed you where you're like, I gotta, I'm gonna have to check this person because they don't know that we've been here doing a show forever. And they mm. think, you know, it's like some asshole's birthday or something. Uh, yeah, there's been friction, but it's, it's always been the good, you know, the good kind. And the burlesque crew is superb. Um, I've actually got, uh, one of the you guys should have this fucking on video, man. I got my bootleg bombshells uh, tequila glass right here. Oh, with nice. my frozen water blocks that I'm gonna use here shortly. They've they've actually you know they've been superb. Um, how do I phrase this? Yeah, we don't want anyone uh, doing like hard time over a story. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing in crypt here. I mean. You know, long story short, uh, some people know how to drink. Some people don't. A lot of parents these days, you know, they don't even have the decency to teach their kids motivation and personal finance, let alone, you know, how to get shit faced and not ruin yeah. a show. Um, yeah, that was probably that was the one thing I'm like, just don't bring up the birthday show. And <laughs> it was like, <laughs> not only was nice. it a disaster, but like the whole front row <laughs> thought they were badass. And mm -hmm. then, uh, a specific performer uh, named Ember Knight, who's brilliant, absolutely brilliant, 
just fucking nailed them all to the wall. Uh, and then I got up on stage after, after her and promptly threw them all out of the show. Oh, nice. That's so it was like a one-two. Yeah, it was literally. And they were like, what? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what? Uh, and I don't care. I know it's election day and we all got to, you know, vote. But on a daily basis, we vote with our time and our mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. And my my duties my responsibility to that room isn't to me uh and it isn't you know even to the other performers as much as it is to the audience and the people that choose to be there um Mm -hmm. and i have a duty to the house who you know works with us to deliver it but if you're going to come in there and fuck with it i'm not going to sit there and and let that slide because you know the other 149 opinions and, and those people mean more to me than the fragile sensibilities of some loudmouth or some dickhead you know that, off that, over yonder uh causing a disruption and, that american I, and flag i'll stand background. by that <laughs> say again that american flag background with that speech uh, yeah is your campaign to the top <laughs> you got my fucking vote my friend i, I he's wish already more... got the job he's got the venice underground job it's, it's the, not even up for re-election chaos. That's an appointed I, position. I'm yeah. running for dog catcher. <laughs> from from a long time ago, I remember that going on the road or doing a gig with you was always great because you were a take no shit from anybody got. And it yeah, was what's like the point. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like you're looking for a fight, but if somebody's being shitty, you check them quick and you check them fun. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you remember our San Diego run where a man jumped off? the top of a mini mall i thought you were going to oh, talk no. about Vermont when the guy pulled a gun but yeah we can that, talk about we could do both yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit yeah i mean you know ha 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 but a guy still killed himself and yeah as envious as i am it's still sad um man how fucked I, up was i that? think that might have been connected to that cult leader guy i forget his name uh, he he was he was the guy responsible for people dying in the teepees in Arizona. You remember that one? The guy they, that killed himself in San Diego? No, yeah, he was connected. So I was reading up on cult leaders not too long ago. I forget the guy's name, the cult leader's name. It's good that I forget, but uh, you don't want to plug that fucking asshole. But he basically had people in San Diego there for like a self-help weekend. And he made them go out and dress as homeless people. And when that person who would, cause they were dressed as a homeless person, but they weren't homeless jumped yeah. off the top of the mall. Um, he was in the food court eating the fucking cult leader guy. <laughs> they found him in the food court later. Uh, same weekend. Same, same time. Yeah. 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 He was like Jesus. basically responsible. Yeah. This night, look it up. I, I did not. Chris brought an element to this night that makes it even weirder. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely was, weirder. Matt and I drove in tremendous LA traffic to San Diego for four, five hours. Right. We had three shows, uh, two mm. at the Madhouse and then one in a backyard for Connor Lockman for the, the Thunderbar Comedy Presents. Mm-hmm. And in between our time crunch of show one and two, this guy jumps off. Matt has to jump out of the car to Jesus. run up flights of stairs to make his set. So, because I'm stuck in like police traffic, 
Then I got up to see Matt do something uh, incredible. Do you remember what happened with the, your sunglasses and, and the woman? No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you, I get up as soon as I come and I see Matt on stage. Matt is doing his set, and this drunk woman at the madhouse is going, "I like your sunglasses. I like them. I like your sunglasses." And you're like, "Okay." And you're like, "Can I? Can I have them? I want them." Like in the <laughs> middle of his thing, and you took them off and threw them at her and said, "Put them in your mouth and shut <laughs> up." <laughs> And the staff was like, oh, my God, how could he do that? And I'm like, why didn't you guys throw her the fuck out? Yeah. <laughs> like, why I are you mad a knife at on a, I pulled a knife on a heckler once. and <laughs> I was there. When, yeah, <laughs> when, it, when the blade opened up, that, like, that cold steel snap, it, yeah. it was just the perfect distance from the microphone. So you just heard it fucking snap open through the PA. <laughs> And then after the show, she was real bent out of shape. She was like, what the fuck? And uh, her boyfriend was like, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. If you could get a handle on your old lady, I wouldn't have to present a blade, man. Um, So I'm not surprised I threw sunglasses at somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's also a tip for those young comedians out there. Every once in a while, we like to throw them a tidbit. Just carry a knife. Yeah, why would you? Hecklers get out of hand. Make it work for you. Like, totally it's a great but, response in fairness the uh the knife wouldn't have come in handy at that gig in vermont <laughs> <laughs> great setup <laughs> well a guy was what, what, what did he have on him like a 38 he was special he is 38 on his hip in barry vermont yeah yikes and, uh there was the woman there uh the, the infamous woman who kept introducing herself mm-hmm yeah. His nickname Quarters, and I can't exactly remember why. Because she could shove a whole roll of quarters up her ass and then shit them out one at a time. That's really, it. yeah. That's the popular oh, well, rumor. All right, you know this woman? No, <laughs> she just well, she made it known that she was like, "I'm that's Quarters. A, I'm Quarters." I don't know why. Ten dollars worth of entertainment right there. <laughs> Dude, dirty I, money though. Dirty, yeah, dirty oh, money. Yeah. yeah, we don't need it. <laughs> I, I did not do well because uh, this guy with a gun uh, naturally made me uncomfortable. <laughs> a guy getting mm-hmm. shit cocked at a bar, dressed in camo, looking at me bored and had his hand like on his hip, like rubbing his gun, <laughs> like God. he's going to shoot me. Yeah. And then, then you went up and you dealt with him. I know. I was kind of hoping to push him over the edge, but... <laughs> <laughs> Like these things work wonders for your career. Imagine getting shot. Yeah, uh, yeah, be, yeah. You'd be famous. Totally. And it was, it was on my birthday too. I was like, of course I'm gonna get shot on my birthday and die. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the beginning and the end in the same Ga- day. Gary wouldn't be able to afford your hats. <laughs> uh, a lot more well, expensive. if he was dead, yeah. But if yeah, you get yeah, shot, of course. Yeah, you could have sued the establishment, made some dough. He'd have been able to buy tons of hats. No doubt tons tons so is this a common occurrence are there is there often uh you know guns and knives at the shows you do or i, I imagine oh, it's pretty rare <laughs> uh you know the guns you see aren't as dangerous as the guns you don't so yeah. i ain't sweating it in, in that sense um 
I usually carry a knife on me because I like to, you know, sharpen my pencils and be able to cut into stuff if I need to cut into stuff. And it's never been used as a weapon. Yeah. Um, and the problem with knives is you got to get real close to somebody. You better That's off true. With, you better off with a Zippo lighter and, a, yeah. and, a, and an old can of Aquanet, frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Dude, that guy, that guy with the gun, man, we bought beers and we, you know, we didn't break bread literally, but metaphorically. And they had Miller High Life bottles and God, God, we drank that weekend, Gary. Um, You you remember the interaction you had on stage with him? No. I I remember it was, it was quite beautiful. I'm I'm noticing a theme here, Gary. Uh, You remember all the stories. Matt. Matt likes to have a couple beverages, but yeah, uh, I can appreciate that. But you handled it so beautifully, and it was something I admired because I did not handle uh, the whole situation. Um, I didn't bomb, I just didn't connect. It was just kind of like a so so set. And then mm-hmm. you went up, and this guy from the go looks at your beard, looks at you. I think you were in like a bright orange trucker hat or something. and. He goes, do you hunt? Do you hunt? Do you hunt? Do you hunt? Like he's just going at you with, do you hunt? And you're like, no, I don't fucking hunt. <laughs> and then you, the guy starts laughing. And it was like, I think you said, I can tell by the gun on your hip that you hunt and want to fucking talk about it. <laughs> Did I and, tell him that I didn't hunt? Yeah. Oh, and that's hilarious. You, you, he became your best friend. He was like all smiles and listened in the whole bar. You had the place in the palm of your hand. And then we did the military school the next day. And I had a little bit of an edge to me that I took out on some, <laughs> some, some cadets. Yeah, good. One kid yelled out and I said, you fucking stand when you talk to me, son. And uh, <laughs> that's now a soldier. Um, yeah. But Matt, Matt. I wonder what my logic was for telling him that I didn't hunt because I do. I think just to be adversarial. Maybe. Yeah, I would imagine just to put him in his place. <laughs> yeah, maybe to just to be contrarian. It sounds like that's how you became fast friends. Yeah. At the bar or whatever, you know, if you're drinking afterwards, you probably appreciated your candor. Yeah, maybe. You know, a lot of people that find themselves in that heckler category, and I don't have time for just about all of them, but most of them think they're helping. And we know yeah. this. Anybody who's done stand-up comedy for more than thirty right. seconds can tell you that, you know, they think they're somehow contributing. In reality, it's like you know, shut the fuck up. But, um, so you know, guys, guys that I can tell are good-natured usually get a pass. Um, dudes that are buying drinks and happen to have a fucking pistol hanging off there don't <laughs> they get a pass too? Strangely, and yeah. It's funny though. I remember one time I, I was talking to Todd Snyder, which is a total name drop, about something that I had witnessed at a show that he was performing at, and he looked at me like I, I might as well have been saying the alphabet backwards. He was like, "I have no idea what you're talking about," and this was years and years ago. And I, 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 I'm sitting there and I'm going, how the fuck can you not remember it? And I guess after, after so many things that it, it does become a blur. Mm-hmm. And like this stuff with Gary, 
when he tells me, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I mean, you'll you'll never forget Carol Quarters, but you know, uh, <laughs> like a lot of this shit, you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and then if you're not careful, you start to get sentimental, and that's never a good look. But uh, oh yeah, well we, uh, I mean, here we like to be a, a little bit sentimental, but mostly about the shit shows. Yeah. You know, we yeah, like to talk about shows. all the all the awful travel and you know the the fucking con comedy condos that smell like jizz, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like we get we get a little nostalgic for how awful it used to be because we'll take yeah. that over how it is now. You know. Oh my god! If I fucking never do another Zoom anything again in my I'm life, with that's absolutely fine. This is yeah, like yeah. A, this is all out of necessity, you know. We're this in is the an bunker. Excuse. Yeah, we're in the bunker for sure. Yeah. Um, Venice Underground has been absolutely. I think it's kept me alive. Yeah. And it, it's been so much fun as like a midweek show it breaks the week and half. Yeah. You can be out of town the week before you can be going away the week after whatever it is on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. you got plenty of time to be back and, and have fun. We've had, uh, we have, I remember one time there was a group of three guys and one guy had like had his arm blown off and, uh, uh not at the show. I hope. No, 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 but he just rocked up with his one arm, you know? Yeah. And uh, and his two buddies, and God, they were thick. Beautiful, but thick. <laughs> and I said, uh, what has six legs, five arms, and is about to be, or what has six feet, five hands, and is about to be thrown the fuck out of the show? <laughs> <laughs> and everybody just, everybody just kind of stopped and looked at me like, what the, f-? and I went, you cunts, you know? And yeah one guy in the group got it but it took a second and nobody else got it because nobody really knew that there was this one-eyed prick sitting there heckling <laughs> me because you can't you know if you you don't you, know, yeah. you could whatever yeah, um, yeah and we've had some weird shit go down in there yeah yeah that's i mean that's exactly what we want to hear about you know it's like um because i, I up- you know I remember coming to the show once. I might have talked about this before on the podcast where I went with a couple of friends. I think my brother and I were on. And before the yeah. show, we were shooting some pool upstairs. And I don't know if you remember this guy. He used to go to the comedy store. His name was White Dragon. And he stole my friend's cell phone. He's like a Venice Beach. I think he hangs around down there. But he used to go to the store all the time. So I knew who he was. And he took, he took my friend's cell phone. We had to go outside and kind of corner him. And we couldn't get him to admit that he had stolen it, but we, I knew it had been him because he had been in there two seconds beforehand and he left, the phone was gone. And I was like, we went out there and my friend was just like, give us the phone, white dragon. <laughs> give I us vaguely, the phone. Yeah, I vaguely remember this. Yeah, it was like right before we were going, you know, going up downstairs, it was fucking hilarious. Although albeit awful, but that's yeah. part, of, part of why I love that room is because it, it feels like it has teeth. You know, it almost feels like like uh, dust to do- till dawn. They're gonna lock the doors, and you're never gonna get out. Yeah, free to get in. You pay to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how's that vibe? Yeah, um, yeah, man. We've had a lot of we had, we were in there one night, and some guy decided that he'd had enough of the people that he was hanging out with, and this was across the street. So he went home and got a gun and then just opened fire on the whole place. What? And uh, Yeah. 
Jesus. And then uh, Keith Carey is doing the show. And he's, you know, he so he says, hey, man, how much time have I got until I go up? So we're like, uh, you know, 15 minutes. He's like, all right, cool. I'm going to pop outside, have a cigarette or whatever. And uh, so he goes outside and he's standing there and he's just chilling, minding his business, getting in the zone. And then this guy empties a clip into this other dude and the whole block gets shut down helicopters cruises yellow tape everywhere keith comes back in and he's like uh pretty sure i just witnessed a murder i'm like all right you're on in two don't mention <laughs> it we don't need people leaving the room <laughs> yeah, gotta flip and the tables like, in 30. and that's just like that's it you know that's like there's just so much shit going on in that neighborhood and it's got all the trappings of the best night out and then one little thing and it all goes completely fucking off a cliff. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. It's crazy. That's it's part of the charm of that room is that it isn't the it, it isn't the, the the easiest at times to command the audience because of the rowdiness. But if you can tame the lions, you know you can get them. And you guys do a great job of like taming and holding them. And it's an international audience because the youth hostels upstairs. It's Venice Beach, so yeah, there's a lot of get folks. A pretty diverse crowd. So you've got like, if you can make that room pay attention and laugh, I feel like you're you're doing your job as a comedian, you know, to the best of your ability. When I yeah. wanted to know, you you're a South Shore fella, just like yeah. myself. We're we're stone's throw away on the South Shore, of Massachusetts. Um, yeah. Did when you moved out here, you remember uh, early on what were some of the worst shows? that you did or were a part of either like on the way here from Massachusetts or when you got here? Uh, well, when I left Massachusetts, I went straight to London, England and I lived out there and that's where I started doing comedy was in London. Um, and after about a year or so of performing out there, um, I ended up in Scottsdale, Arizona and that's when Scottsdale and Phoenix had like, you know, two shows and they all hated each other and it was territorial. <laughs> it was it was weird. It was, you know, there was there was some really good energy with um you know, quite a few people and then there was another venue that you can't perform anywhere else if you're performing here, but you know, yeah. it's like it just it made it it made it difficult for a lot of uh Yeah, it's bullshit. A lot of talent and they had a a comedy school it was called comedy schools um and they they really put their shoulder into you know providing opportunities and there just wasn't much going on out there um you know at all there's there's been a lot of improvements um you know since then but some of that stuff was it was interesting because you just look at us if you will as comics and comedians a lot of us, we just want to perform, you know, that's how I've been for as long as I can remember. Um, so when that's throttled, that creates, that creates for some interesting stuff, not really worth getting into. Uh, and then, man, some of the shows out here, there's never been anything bad really that I remember from those early days but there were things that just genuinely lacked goodness. 
and I don't feel like <laughs> you, you know what I mean. I don't feel like dragging. Yeah. Like uh, like some of these shameless bringers. I'm like, get the oh, fuck yeah. out of here. Um, you know, some of these shows are like. I remember one time I pulled my fucking knife out and wrenched up the cradle so that the you know you. I don't take the mic out of the stand. It's disgusting. They're filthy. I don't want to touch the fucking thing. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're a host of a show, yeah, you, you try a little to line the mic up with the height of the person uh, that's coming on stage or whatever, and you put it in the cradle. I don't want to touch it. And she couldn't put it in the cradle because it was so loose. And I'm like, really? Like, nobody's got a, a Leatherman or a, you yeah. know, a multi-tool to just wrench <laughs> up the cradle so we can have the microphone in the fucking cradle? And you could have used remember, Susie Quarters. That. You could have just used a quarter to tie it. Yeah. I mean, a dime would have been better. I don't know. Yeah. She, yeah. They, they, they probably came flying out of it. Uh, <laughs> and how, you know, how it the ages. fuck? Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Fucking equipment, really? Like 21st century Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. There's like a there's a guitar center and a, and a Best Buy on every corner. Yeah. And I remember just shit like that. And as as we move ahead, um, there's more, you know, the one thing about Venice Underground Comedy, I'm like, we got to have the fucking equipment has to work. The lights yeah. have to fucking work. Yeah. And uh, fuck me, nine years at 50, 49, 50 shows a year. Mm-hmm. I think we've had technical difficulties probably twice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where, you know, frankly, somebody should have got a dry slap across the face for it. But I remember when I, you know, there was like people were just so desperate to just do comedy that they overlooked, you know, the the, the basics. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember I remember seeing quite a bit of that and it was, it, I just despaired. Um, I adore the comedy store. The improv has been great to me. Mm-hmm. Both of those clubs have been, you, know, you can't say anything bad about them. Every once in a while, a microphone shits the bed, but they're running, you know, 58 shows a week, uh, plus what they do on weekends. So, mm. you know, if a cable shits out, then cable shits out. Uh, we've had a few fights break out at Venice Underground Comedy, but one was domestic, lesbian couple. Clearly shouldn't have been out on a Wednesday night drinking. Probably <laughs> should have left each other years ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's half the relationships on the planet. I did. You uh, did you ever meet Nick Lafond? I don't Local think so. Guy in Venice, he produces these backyard shows, and he had these rooftop shows, mm-hmm. and it was always fun because it was like it was like a Venice rooftop show, and it was put together. Uh, you know, we're not talking like a six-figure budget, but he the yeah. guy fucking made sure the equipment worked, and you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, but what you can always guarantee on a Friday night in Venice is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, somebody will do something stupid and then they'll run from the cops. And so there's always a helicopter over the show. We're up on a rooftop and you're like, all right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Sirens and pop, pop, pop. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh my God, that's the worst thing ever. And I'm just sitting there like looking up at this helicopter and I'm, you know, trying to plow through a whole bunch of 9-11 jokes or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, shit, me. And sadly, it comes out of your time because they can't just extend the whole length of the show. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, you got to hand the mic back over, put it in the cradle, um, even if they still haven't caught the fugitive from justice. <laughs> sometimes some of them are doing the show. Yeah. Um, 
totally. So, so were you, you pretty much like, uh, did you kind of hang out mainly in, in Venice before all the shit went down or were you, were you still kind of getting out and doing the road more or? A, a little bit of both. Yeah. A little bit of both. Yeah. Um, but what do you mean by the shit? Coronavirus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Just being stuck, like not being able to do as many shows on the road, you know, before all the. The shit hit the fan, so to speak. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a topic I'd rather forget. No, of course. I mean, no, <laughs> of course. I mean, we don't we don't need to talk about the pandemic itself. I'm just wondering at like how much you got out of the city, you know, when 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 it all comes back and playing the road and doing all that shit. Just how you split your time. That's all. I just haven't seen you in a little while. Yeah, uh, late 2018 through 19. There was uh, there was a lot of me in California. Yeah. With 2020 being, uh, I was involved in a project that was going to have me back and forth to the East Coast. Oh, that's cool. Weekly, literally weekly. Wow. And that's that's all blown up, and isn't happening now. That's like oh, sorry to hear that, man. That yeah, I mean it sucks, but everything. Yeah. Everything kind of sucks for everybody, so it's right. not the stars didn't align against me, but yeah. Um, 2020, I had some big travel plans and, and and a lot of split time and what i love most about it you know with venice for instance being on a wednesday you can come back and you know you can be in hollywood sunday monday tuesday wednesday go on the road thursday friday saturday yeah sunday come back monday come back it, you know and it was great and there's a lot of fun shit to do you know monday sunday monday tuesday in hollywood mm-hmm. uh in you know in the comedy world obviously right. so to you know to be able to do that i was stoked and then you know yeah, of course got a fucking president telling us that china virus is gonna <laughs> kill us all but it's not and it's gonna go yeah. away but it isn't and yada 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 and now it's fucking election day and mm-hmm. yeah but know. i mean i mean for the way i sort of look at it is when it when it starts to come back you know and it will will we all have that to look forward to, to to running into each other getting back you know getting back to some of these shit shows that we love so much Mm. yeah amen to that i've got some independent production energy in me anyway and venice underground is not the first show that i've uh, established that's lasted a number of years Mm kind of have a clue yeah Uh, and it's about finding the right spot you know yeah Uh, if you want to do independent comedy production and you want to talk to me you figure out how to get in touch and yeah, I'll, yeah. Sell you, I'll sell you some time. I'm talking to your listeners now. Yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> Please do. Um, yeah. Hopefully we got some comedy nerds first, out there. Yeah. The first trick is get the venue right. Yeah. And, it's it's right. kind of like digging in the crates, right? You got to visit a lot of spaces. You got to see what they got going on. Do they have a stage yeah. lighting? Yeah. Fish where the fish are. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the old thing as far as I know, man. Mm-hmm. I, I really admire the way you put things into a very like simple, funny perspective sometimes with just like, we'll be in the back of a room of a nightmare thing. Like the comedy store on Mondays, which is like audition night, you know, they'll do potluck, which Mm -hmm. 16 people get pulled from a bucket of 500. And every once in a while, they just continually put up these lunatics. Oh yeah. That are never 
ever going to have a career in comedy. Well, that's where that's where I met the white dragon who stole my yeah. friend's fucking cell phone. Do you remember his real name? Can't I couldn't tell you. I could tell you some of the jokes he did, but they're Go awful. On. Yeah, we'll do um, it offline. We'll do it offline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember Matt said this perfectly, and it was like I think I won't I won't say who it was, but it's somebody that is like a street person that comes in and does a terrible act, and then mm. tries to sell T-shirts to comedians that he he stole from laundry rooms, <gasps> and uh, not even like branded merch things. He's just like, hey, you want some jeans? Yeah. And Matt, I've seen him trying to sell picture frames with yeah. no pictures in them. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, Matt, you lean over to me. And I'm just depressed because I'm like, it's another fucking wasted night where it's like, I didn't get stage seven. I'm trying to audition, trying to break in. You're trying to break, you know, you're trying to go up with friends and family later. And like, this guy's just taking up a spot that doesn't need to be taken up with total bullshit. And you were like, you lean into me and go, this make a wish bullshit has to stop. <laughs> and I, I gave this guy an undeserved giant laugh from the back yeah. of the room because it's true. When mm-hmm. you're, when you're a comedian, someone's taking up space, it, it's infuriating. My question that I, I wondered about is like, have you ever seen somebody doing something like that? And like had a heart to heart with him because I, I listen to you for advice. I think you're a great wise gentleman and you know a seasoned veteran of comedy and life. Have you ever just pulled someone aside and be like, "Hey man, maybe you should uh, think about a career in like real estate. <laughs> like try to be talk somebody out of this in a way you know to help them in a way." No. <laughs> yeah. But woe betide any motherfucker that asked me my opinion because you're gonna get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had this girl ask me, we were, you know, we were talking before a Monday, I think it was at the comedy store and she was gorgeous, like gorgeous, classically gorgeous, all of it gorgeous, <clears throat> excuse me. And then she starts, <laughs> she starts doing like, she starts doing some first person shit that your drunk uncle would have said at the, you know, kids table Thanksgiving, 1986. And I was like, <laughs> and she came up to me after the show and she said, uh, so what do you think? And I went, fuck you and fuck <laughs> your agent and don't ever talk to me again. And she laughed and I was like, no, I'm serious. Like you've inspired me now to go on auditions. And when they're like, okay, you're going to read for the part of a lunatic guy that lives under the bridge. And I'm just going to do material and I'm going to tie up audition time purely to disrespect what you just did to that stage because your agent said it would help you with public speaking. You're up there doing, fuck you. (laughs) She did one of those, like, she inhaled twice. Yeah. And and then, (laughs) like, I was like, feel free to fucking implode, cunt. And and then she just stormed off, and I've never seen her again. Um, Oh. So, so uh... Great success. <laughs> but I mean, um, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, there's, there's comics, there's comedians, there's people that want to collaborate. Yeah. There's sketch, there's improv, that, you know, there's, there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of goodness. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's people out there that refuse to do stand up, but they're heavy into sketch and improv. Yeah, and you got yeah. like me, who I'm kind of on, on the, the polar opposite to that or whatever. But if you're just using, stand-up stages mm-hmm. 
you know, to, you know, think you're getting your chops with public speaking or whatever. Right. Get fucked. And if you're up there just hacking through some shit and, you know, you're like, oh, hey, what'd you think, man? Uh, I tend to, I tend to answer that question with a question. And that question 99 times out of a hundred is tell me your understanding of joke structure. Yeah. And you can find out pretty quickly if, uh, if somebody has a clue about <laughs> joke structure, no, it's a yeah. fucking thing, you know, like yeah, every yeah, sentence yeah. we've said on this podcast has been made up of some variation combination of, yeah, you know, the same 26 letters. So, mm-hmm. you know, joke structure is a thing, composition uh, in music and whatever, right? All of it. And right. if they don't know joke structure uh, or haven't bothered to, you know, learn it, that's usually my first. And it's just, I learned joke structure very early and I, I also, I could see how people could do great at the seven o'clock show, shit the bed at the nine o'clock show and then do great at the late show. And it's basically those variations of drawing out, you know, the, the setup or, you know, speeding yeah. through the, the twist or, or whatever, but they don't really right. know they're doing it. So in their mind, they're telling the same joke, but they're not. Yeah pauses in a different spot the inflections right. here maybe they go a little bit heavy on the setup and the, the punch doesn't pay off or whatever but you, you know you got to know those fundamentals and you got to yes. know those rules uh, in order to break them um, but i would never if somebody just sucks <sighs> far be it for me to be like yo man you suck you know yeah um, but if they, they ask, ask if you. they suck I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll ask the question yeah, <laughs> I'm actually no. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty compassionate dude most of the time. Yeah, um, when you're not pulling knives, you are uh, the most compassionate person I know. I made that mistake one time of like kind of giving someone my two cents. I think you'll I think you'll appreciate this. So it was at this old show we used to do. It was after we got kicked out of the improv with our weekly sketch stand-up show, and. Yeah. Uh, this guy, you know, went up and he was singing. He was a comic that I knew. He was like trying to get up on stage at, you know, the store, like you were just talking about on Mondays or whatever. And I knew him, we would hang out, whatever. But I saw him get up with a band and kind of do some songs, some like cover songs. And I was like, this guy's fucking voice is unbelievable. You know, it's, it's like so good. And he came over and he just sort of looked at me and I had seen him do comedy, but I had just seen him sing. And I was just like, hey, man, what the fuck are you doing comedy for? And he's like, what? I was like, your fucking voice is ridiculously like that. Your voice is a, you should be the front man of a fucking huge rock band. And he's like, did you just tell me I'm not funny? And I was like, no, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that you're an incredible singer. Like, you're amazing. You should like that's an like fuck comedy. Yeah. That man is Josh Adam Myers. <laughs> He's known as the lead front guy for the goddamn comedy jam on Comedy Central. It's the yeah, only yeah. time in my life I've ever given anyone fucking unsolicited advice to basically quit comedy. And this guy became like a rock comedy superstar with the same band that I saw him play with one night. And uh, I was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Why don't you go get famous? <laughs> He was already well on his way, uh, and I am a fucking asshole douche, and that's no, why we don't you're... give unsolicited advice. Christopher, you're a good boy. Yeah, but we all make mistakes, Gary. You know, and that was no. a mistake. I'm willing. Yeah, to that fucking... probably was a mistake. His writing yeah. over the past couple of years has 
uh, and this, this is my opinion. Yeah, my yeah, opinion yeah. No, is, no, you know, it, like it's worth hear, money yeah. if you staple five dollars to it. Yeah. But his um, his writing has improved. I would say so too. Yeah. Like massively, and yes. I, I I don't even know if it's maybe if improved is even the right word. I think he's gotten less fucks to give. Yeah. With like he's, what people think, because yeah, I, I know a lot of people in in the comedy world in in right. L.A. who they're so open and inclusive, mm-hmm. and you know, like they they just they're lovers, yeah, and when you do that you kind of i say fuck it you know fuck everybody yeah here's what i think's funny and then you know i build my my fan base you know one person at a time <laughs> and uh yeah whereas you know some people they're they're a lot more inclusive whatever but I've, I've seen a lot of josh and um, yeah him and bronson are pretty good friends too yeah and, yeah i think what but, it is uh, is he's if i may he's found his voice like he's found his comfort zone and he's he's come yeah. into his own in a way you know and, and also success helps you get more stage time you get better spots like he's been able to figure out a rhythm really make it work for him but he did that you know he's done that a while ago like you know even before he probably got that show he was fucking killing it i mean that's a great concept that he came up with and yeah, yeah. You know, having Bill Burr drum every once in a while doesn't hurt. No. But, but I'm not taking anything away from how funny and, and sharp he is in terms of ideas and, uh, you know, timing, all that business. I'm just, I'm, got, I was merely got, pointing out that I'm a fucking, I can, I can, I can be an asshole like anybody, you know? So, and yeah, it's no doubt. unsolicited doesn't, <laughs> unsolicited yeah. is not, a, is not the way to go. I think it's, you wait till they ask the question. Yeah, and it's funny too how in in this game that we're in, um, a compliment can be, you know, construed right. as an insult or on the back. Yeah. In in a business of uh, giantly insecure people. Yeah, well, I, I kind of yeah. did mean it as an insult at the time, but I think he took my meaning. But yeah, I, I, I was only worry. so many times I, I could admit to being an asshole. I wouldn't worry about Josh. He's yeah, yeah, no, he's great. Check it out. Um, yeah and the comedy jam josh if you're listening i still got that spot coming you know <laughs> and uh i'm gonna yeah. do mama tried by merle haggard because you can kind of do a talking blues version of it and uh i can't sing to save my life but mm-hmm. yeah yeah he's got a dark side to him which is a lot of fun and then he's got this real happy-go-lucky side and then he's got that whole uh <laughs> <laughs> it used to be an MC at a strip joint thing going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that gravelly voice. What a he planet, just, huh? Yeah. Uh, he just wears it. Um, Matt, I know uh, we're running out of time. I can't be fucking bothered. They, they can wait for me. This is fun. <laughs> uh, I'm glad fun. you're having a good time, though. Yeah. We, um, we wanna... I'm into the tequila. The tequila. <laughs> we want to go. Oh, and you know what? You know, you can edit this out. Check it out. So I was cleaning out my life, and uh, this is a this is a letter I got from Gary. I have no idea. Oh, why. that's great. Yeah, Matt, you are my hero. Love G Peterson, and then underneath the G, he wrote A R Y. I just found that that's today. sweet. That yeah. was backstage that's... at uh, the the Herman school, Supreme. the the fucking. Uh, oh, was that at Norwich? Norwich? Yeah. 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 For for the it was the night after Barry Vermont, a town named after his fight. 
believe it or not. Uh, swear to God. Matt, two things. We want to let listeners know how they can find you. Uh, yeah, look real fucking hot, man. <laughs> shit. You have this great show, Fireside Chats, with Matt yep. Devlin on yep. Instagram uh, TV. It's all um, and it's all on your uh, Instagram. We'll put links in the uh, episode um, description for those to follow Matt. Uh, you Fuck also that. have... Make them type it in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, You're... type it in. It's Fireside Chats with Matt Devlin. Yeah. But spelled and... like you spell Fireside, not Fireside. Fire. F-I-Y-A-A-A-H-S-I-D. And your clothing, which is always something I need and appreciate and need more of, is Venice Salvage. Very Venice Salvage on Instagram. That's a lot of fun, man. I'm going to pick something up. I love your stuff, Matty. I had no idea that had that gary was wearing around was yours I, I really like it yeah historically that's all like it's like new old stuff uh mm-hmm. i ended up with a bunch of hats that were like promo so i'd sew patches on top of the whatever the promo was mm-hmm. so it's all like new stuff that's you know salvage ultimately it's going to be yeah. recycled or thrown in the trash and and i just make shit and i can you know i'm sitting yeah. here now what the fuck else are we gonna do yeah i uh, i love your hats so much that when my car was stolen with one yeah, of remember. your hats in it i that was the biggest thing that i was upset about <laughs> i was then upset I, too <laughs> i got my car back through a fucking miracle and the hat was in there and i was like oh thank god um last yeah, thing a meth head had vomited on the inside of it but i heard you rushed straight to the laundromat Oh, I, I uh, boiled that hat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a final thing for guests. Every guest does this, uh, where you, uh, as our guest, if you would be so kind to honor us with your impression of uh, the world's worst booker leaving a, a message on your answering machine trying to pitch you a gig. Uh, whenever you're ready, take it away. Uh, you know, I was tempted to just hit leave meeting. Have you still got me? <laughs> I still got you. That's Ron great. Lynch did it. Just saying. Do you want to be cool? <laughs> hey, Matt. Uh, it's Chuck. We got uh, we got uh, we got we got seven dropouts for the show tomorrow night. And uh, I was wondering, can you still get mushrooms? Because um, one of the girls told us that you could get mushrooms, and if you can. I know it's a five-hour drive, but we can give you $20 and drink tickets. And I don't fuck with shitty bookers, man. <laughs> I, just <laughs> I just got, I tell you, it's always the same thing, though. It's the worst ones are always the, they're like, we had a dropout. I hate those. Yeah. Mm. It's you are our, you're our last resort. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only other thing, the, the one thing I love, and this has happened to me a few times, is you book a show, and then on the day of the show, you get to the venue, and they tell you that you can't talk about certain things. <laughs> and I had one guy do this to me in England, and he was like, you can't do your closing joke. And I was like, why the fuck not? And he explained to me that the caliber of people in the room and what they were all about. Uh, my friendly reminder that they're all going to fucking die. Would not be very <laughs> long to see. 
and then yada 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 and i was like okay and it's like you know 20 minutes to show time and i'm supposed to close the show and not do my closer so i'm thinking to myself i do the show i don't do my closer get paid go home and i've bent over for this guy do the show do my closer don't get paid yeah. do the show do my closer don't get paid get in a fight never get booked again and i discovered that i could live with all of those outcomes <laughs> and uh <laughs> so i did the show and i did my closer and it fucking it hit you know it's a it's a it's nice you're gonna die you're gonna yeah. be here until you're dead and then after that people are gonna rummage around through your shit and try to you know hang on i gotta reply to a text message Fuck off. And, <laughs> and then uh you know and then what so in the meantime you know be cool have fun be patient and kind as much as you can and whatever you guys are great this has been a lot yeah of you're fun. great thanks for joining us we appreciate it pleasure as always we'll pleasure. see you in venice my friend yeah, yeah me and bronson will be happy to have you guys back down as soon as we can yeah tell them we say hello as soon as it's open venice underground one of the best if not the best show in los yes. angeles for los uh, angeles the fucking planet bro the pl there you go <laughs> <laughs> thanks matt love All you right. baby This has been brought to you by Dead and Mellow. Follow us on all your social media platforms and shop around at deadandmellow.com to see all of our stand-up, music, and podcast releases. Thank you, and God bless America. All right, see you later. See Are we actually leaving or just ending?